Hello, this is Andrea Walton, and for the next hour I'll be reading from the Friday, May 12th and Saturday, May 13th issues of the Batavia Daily News on the Niagara Frontier Radio's reading service. Friday's paper features pictures of folks that participated in a day of caring. About 360 volunteers give time to clean up sites. There are plenty of places for the volunteers to take some time during the United Way Day of Caring and make a big difference in Genesee County. In its 17th year, the Day of Caring brought out about 6,000 total among a number of counties, including the Glow Regional Counties. The work they did at the various locations took a few hours out of the day Thursday. At Purple Pony Therapeutic Horsemanship in Leroy, certified Purple Pony volunteer Shelley Politico said there were 15 volunteers total helping out at Purple Pony between the Leroy and Batavia Rotary Clubs, along with a few Purple Pony volunteers. The big groups are Leroy Rotary and Batavia Rotary working together on this project, she said. Four years ago, we started clearing that, Politico said of the Sensory Trail. With her was volunteer coordinator Gail Eman. The very first day a caring group came through, there was a rough path. We have gone from a rough path to a really nice trail, Eman said. The trail is for kids and adults to go out on the trail. There's posts of different activities strategically located, she said. The kids and the adults follow instructions all while out on the trail. There's sensory items set up. There's a bridge with different materials that the horse walks over so it makes a different sound. There's an herb garden, and the kids feel it as, as, as they're on the horse. Politico said there were a lot of brush and tree branches. That had to have a major cleanup, a lot of broken branches and stuff, she said. Mulch was donated by Roberts Wesleyan College. They spread mulch. They picked up a lot of brush. Then they're putting in 16 posts permanently, so they dug a hole in the cement to attach the games and the wind chimes and the different activities. The weather's pretty rough on what was already out there, so they want it more weather-resistant to stay out there on the Century Trail. The Rotary Clubs are helping to put in the posts, and Eamon said they would be painting the mailboxes purple. There's purple spray paint out there, she said. We replanted the scent garden. It's got all different kinds of scents. Lavender, oregano, mint, and that kind of thing. We've got a lot of plants that have been donated from different people. We'll put them in different areas to just make it more attractive. At Resurrection Parish in Batavia, Sandy Falakowski of Student Transportation of America was outside working in the garden in front of the church. We've been doing the yard work between here and St. James, she said. At St. James, we cleaned up along the back fence line, weeded all that, and basically cleaned up the parking lot. The leaves and other material accumulated over the winter. We've got a lot of the weeds growing here, so we're going to try to clean as much of the weeds as possible and lay some mulch down for them. For the kickoff Thursday morning at Dwyer Stadium, Batavia Development Corporation Director of Economic Development, Tammy Hathaway, said there were about 6,000 volunteers total from Genesee, Orleans, Wyoming, and Livingston, among others. In Genesee County, about 360 volunteers came to participate in Day of Caring, which Hathaway said equals about $54,000 in service time. United Way of Greater Rochester President and CEO Jamie Saunders said with Thursday being the end of the global COVID-19 pandemic, well, it has ended. We are still looking to understand the collateral damage of what we all just endured. It is not lost on us the incredible demands on our nonprofit organizations, she said. The demand for their services only increased, and at the same time, the support for our nonprofit organizations has decreased. Across the country, they are reporting that volunteerism is on the decline. It actually has fallen so significantly that only 20% of Americans are volunteering right now.
In Genesee, you defy the odds. You are showing up, Saunders told the volunteers seated in the bleachers. It isn't just today. You show up throughout the year. You dig deep with your time and your talent and your treasure. Local United Way co-chair Susie Ott said the volunteers would be going to 40 sites Thursday. Day of Caring has grown over 17 years from having nine project sites with about 75 volunteers to what it is now. Dan Kilker, Purple Pony Therapeutic Horsemanship Incorporated board president, says Purple Pony was receiving Day of Care attention for the fourth year. The Equine Assisted Activities Therapy Program, which helps kids and adults with special needs. They start into our program around the age of four, and there is no age out, he said. The horses are the medium that we use to accomplish the therapies that have been described for them by their physicians or with parents. We're about 70 volunteers strong. We're in our 19th year. We work on socialization. We work on fine motor skills, core muscle groups, a lot of different things that we do in the program each time. Richard Gannon and his wife Shannon Welch were at the kickoff with their daughter Taya, who's been in the Purple Pony program for seven years. Gannon talked about how much Taya hated the program when she started at age four. Purple Pony worked with her, though. They were wonderful. They switched horses for her. They tried different positions. They changed music. They changed all the programs. Eventually, she got to like it, he said. Actually, a couple of years ago when she went, she started clapping as soon as we pulled into the compound. She saw the barn and knew what was going on. The former convent is demolished in Java. It was a safety issue. Damage and deterioration contributed to the church's decision to do the demolition. The former convent at the Holy Family Parish property has been demolished after repairs proved cost prohibitive. The convent had sustained major water damage after a frozen pipe burst several years ago. Water ran down the building stairs, behind the walls, and through its floors. The old convent was not in use at the time, so it was several days before the situation was discovered, said Reverend Corey Fogan, the church's pastor. The damage was, wasn't covered by insurance. In addition to the damages from the burst pipe, the foundation was found weakening and the roof required replacing, he said. As time elapsed, we found the minimal cost to repair was nearly $100,000, which was far beyond what our community can afford. The deterioration continued, and we were facing a safety issue by keeping the building. So as a parish community, we decided to demolish it. The building dated back to about 1891 when it was built as part of the former St. Nicholas Church complex. It was used by the Sisters of St. Joseph. People last lived in the building back in 1971. It was then used for meetings and religious education until about 2007 when St. Nicholas Parish was dissolved by the Diocese of Buffalo. It had been unused since. The buildings became part of Holy Family Parish in 2011 when the site became part of the Polish National Catholic Church. The old convent was demolished about two weeks ago. Before demolition, we worked diligently to preserve as much as we could from the building and repurpose items, Fogan said. The front door of the convent is now the front door of Charlotte House in the former rectory. The stained glass windows were carefully removed and are still with the church. The altar in the chapel had two parts and we were only able to save the upper section, he continued. The stations of the cross that hung in the chapel are missing, so we have to assume someone has taken them out of the building. The remaining buildings on the property fit the parish's current needs, Fogan said. Whether we will replace the building or not, we are being patient and praying for the Lord's guidance in the matter, he said. At present, the filling of the hole needs to settle, which will take a year or two. If during that time we find opportunities that steer our attention for new construction, a parking lot, 
or a combination of the two, we will keep an open mind and pray that the necessary resources will follow to help accomplish such goals. The decision has been a difficult one for the community due to the beauty and history it held. However, as time moved forward, the answer became quite clear that demolition was the best course of action, he said. There are two beautiful photos in the article. The first one is, is a stained glass window. It's a piece of stained glass artwork was among those preserved before demolition of the former convent at Holy Family Parish in North Java. And it's a picture of Joseph and Mary and a young boy who obviously was Christ, but it wasn't as at his birth. It was as he was a young boy. They also have a picture of the upper portion of the altar that was saved, and the delicacy and intricacy of the carving is just unbelievable. Absolutely a beautiful piece of work. There was one obituary in Friday's paper, Timothy R. Sands, age 56, of Medina. Moving to the sports section on Friday. Byron Bergen picks up a convincing win over Oakfield, Alabama. Following a five-game losing streak, Byron Bergen got back on track earlier in the week with a win over Holly. On Wednesday afternoon, the Bees followed that up and picked up arguably their best win of the season. Kendall Phillips got it done both in the circle and at the plate as Byron Bergen took care of host Oakfield, Alabama 8-2. The win moved Byron Bergen back to the 500 mark at 5-5, five five, while the Hornets dropped to 7-3. Phillips was dominant again as she allowed two runs in the fourth inning and nothing else, while she didn't walk a batter and struck out 19. Meanwhile, she went 3-for-3 three three with the bat with a double. Catcher Allie Ball also finished with three hits on the day for the Bees, while Emma Dorman and Natalie Prinzi added two hits apiece. Neil Dorman drove in a pair of runs in the victory. Caitlin Ryan led the way for Oakfield, Alabama, as she finished 2-for-3 with a double, while she struck out five in the circle. Carol Williams also struck out five, sharing the pitching duties, while Jody Reading ripped an RBI double and Lily Davis had an RBI single. The Bees erupted for five runs in the fourth to take control. Batavia defeated Honeyai Falls Lima 5-4. to four. For Batavia's record for the season is now 10-4. and four. Ariana Almkinder had a complete game and eight strikeouts. Julia Clark had a two-run and two-base hit. HFL now has six and seven on the season. They did not make a report for the game. The coaches quote, another great win for our team. We have struggled against HFL the last few years, but finally got over the hump against them. We are playing some good softball lately, and I hope it continues as we are in a tough stretch with five games this week and face Brockport on the road Thursday, Batavia head coach Jim Fazio said. Elba defeated Greece Athenia Odyssey Olympia 6-5. Elba is now 2-10 on the season. Haley Mickey was 1-3 with two RBIs. Emily Hogue was 1-3. Lydia Ross hit a triple, a single, and two runs. Bree Totten completed the game with five hits and four strikeouts. Greece has a record of 3-12 with no report. The coaches quote, Our girls played very hard and fought through adversity for a team victory. Very proud of their performance, Alba head coach Dan Gottler said. Kendall defeated Pembroke 18-11. Kendall is 5-7 on the season. Leah Larson was 2-4 for four with a double, a single, and three RBIs. Dan O'Brien is 3-5 for five with three runs and three RBIs. Brooke Rodas was 2-4 for four 
with a single, two runs, and an RBI. Danielle Offhouse was one for two with two base hits, an RBI, a complete game, and six strikeouts. And Gracie Robb was two for three with a, two RBIs. Pembroke is four and 11 on the season. Regan Snyder was three for four with two home runs and five RBIs. Notre Dame knocked out Attica 16 to three. Notre Dame is now 10-3 on the season. Loretta Sorocchi had this, the complete game with four hits, no error, errors, 11 strikeouts, four hits, three runs, and an RBI. Mia Treleven had three hits, two home runs, three runs, and five, five RBIs. Caden Steller had three hits, a home run, a double, three runs, and two RBIs. Hannah Tenney had two hits, a triple, and two runs. Emma Sisson and Kaylee Havens had a hit apiece. Attica's 8-4 and four on the season with Maddie Robinson had four innings pitched, five hits, six runs, two errors, five strikeouts, a hit and a run. Grace Snyder had a hit and a single. Laurel Sias had a hit, a run, and an RBI. And Jacqueline Torrey had a hit and an RBI. The coaches quote, Attica is a quality team, so I'm very proud of the way the ladies got the bats going early. Hopefully we can keep this going against a very strong Lindenville team coming to GCC tomorrow night. Notre Dame head coach Otis Thomas said. Perry also had a blowout against Geneseo, 17-2. Perry is 7-5 on the season. Kiera Weber had five innings pitched in the no-hitter, nine strikeouts and two for four with three RBIs. Regan Moore was four for four with two doubles, three RBIs and four runs. Jalen Morris is two for four with three RBIs. And Peyton Lighton was two for two with three runs. Maddie Mot Motlion, Lydia Climo had a hit apiece. Geneseo is 0-14 on the season. May did not make a report. Keshequa bested Pavilion 6-0. Keshequa is 12-1 on the season. Aurora Sabins had six inning pitch with zero hits and eight strikeouts. Libby Benner and Anna Wood were two for three with two RBIs apiece. Pavilion is 7-7 on the season. Bry Burns was one for three. Well and Cohockton just squeaked it out over Hornell 3-2. Well and Cohockton is on a 12-3 season. Molly Robbins completed the game with four hits and 11 strikeouts. And Brooke Lander had two runs and a home, and a home run. Hornell is 5-8 on the season. Lillian Hoyt had six inning pitched, two hits, a strikeout, and is two for three. Leroy ousted Livonia 2-4, 20-4. Leroy is now 9-6 on the season with Sierra Burke 4-4, four, four, four runs and two RBIs. Lily Uberti was 3-4 for four with four RBIs. Maddie Spink was 1-2 with an RBI. And Jen Polyblank is 2-2 two two with two runs. Livonia is 2-11 on the season. Gwyneth Strome had a three-run home run. In track and field, Oakville, Alabama teams win a pair. Attica and Byron Burgeon each sweep. Oakville, Alabama, Elba hosted a Genesee Region League tri-meet on Wednesday, and both the Hornets, boys and girls, came away with a pair of victories apiece. The Oakville, Alabama, Elba boys topped Kendall 108-33 and Kendall 107-18, while the girls bested Holly 105-35 and Kendall 111-25. Also, the Holly boys took care of Kendall 89-45, and the Holly girls won over the Eagles 93-36. Leading the way for the Oakfield Alabama Elba boys were senior Noah Courier and junior Nate Schildwaster. Courier won the 100-meter dash with a time of 11.1 and the 200-meter dash with a time of 22.6, while 
while he also anchored the winning 400-meter relay team, which completed in 46 seconds. Meanwhile, Schildwasser took the 110-meter hurdles in 16.7 and the high jump with a leap of 6 foot even, while he also ran in the 400-meter relay. Oakfield Alabama Elba also had a pair of double winners in Chad Olson and John Riley. Olson won the 400-meter dash with a time of 56 and the 800-meter run with 213, while Riley captured the pole vault with a 10-foot even and also ran in the 400-meter relay. Single individual winners on the day for Oakfield Alabama Elba were Logan Clark, 1,600-meter run of 451.1, Connor Demoy, 3,200-meter run with 1152.6, T.J. Andrews won the discus at 119 feet, Ron Muntz won the long jump at 17 foot 11 inches, and Avery Watterson won the triple jump at 37 foot 11 and a half inches. The Holly Boys had a pair of individual winners as Cole Pakla won the 400-meter hurdles with a time of 111.3, and Riley Allen took the shot put with a throw of 40 foot 8 inches. The Kendall 1600-meter relay team of Bruce Rasmussen, Alex King, Ben Brunnage, and Christopher Nettles were victorious for the Eagles. The Oakfield, Alabama Elbow Girls were paced by triple winner Angelina Luker and a quartet of double winners on the day. Luker picked up wins with a 17.5 in the 100-meter hurdles, a 116.2 in the 400-meter hurdles, and a 14 foot 10.5 inch in the long jump. Also for the Hornets, Kayla Harding won the 800-meter run with a time of 242.1 and ran in the 3,200-meter relay. Avalyn Butchek crossed first in the 200-meter dash with a time of 28.5 and ran in the 400-meter relay. Brooke Redding captured the 100-meter dash with a time of 13.7 and ran in the winning 400-meter relay, and Carolyn Luft took the 1,500-meter run in 531 and ran in the winning 3,200-meter relay. Other individual winners for Oakville, Alabama Elba included Laney Mickey in the 3,000 meter run, 13.13, Jacora Anderson in the shot put, 33 foot, 3.5 inches, and Paige Harding in the pole vault with 10 foot even. For the Hawks girls, Jalen Bishop won the 400 meters, 106.6, Alexia Renner took the triple jump with 30 foot 11 inches, and Sam Bates won the high jump, 4 foot 9. Kendall's Paige Hardenbrook took the distance with a toss of 76 foot 6 inches. In other track and field competition, Attica ousted Pembroke 108 to 33. The Attica winners included Skylar Savage, 100 meter hurdles at 16.2, 100 meter dash at 12.9, long jump at 17 foot 3 inches, and a triple jump of 33 foot 3 inches. Alia Braun had an 800 meter run in 230, a 4x400 relay, and a 4x800 relay. Nicole Lighton was the 200-meter dash with 28.4 and the 4x100 relay and 4x400 relay. Bailey Nixon took a 1,500-meter run at 522.4, was also in the 4x4 relay and the 4x800 relay. Mia Ficarella had the 400-meter run at 1 minute 6.8 seconds, a 4x400 relay and a 4x800 relay. Elizabeth Gulick had the 400-meter hurdles at 112.8 and a high jump of 4 foot 9. Pembroke winners were Amelia Gack with a shot put of 36.4 and a discus throw of 80 foot, 84 foot 9 inches. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the Batavia Daily News on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Continuing with track and field, Byron Burgeon ousted at Alexander 82 to 59. The Alexander winners included Jaden Mullen with a 100 meter relay at 15.5. 400-meter hurdles at 105.7, 800-meter run at 246.5, and a 1,500-meter run at 535.4.
Shannon Smeeter had a 100-meter dash at 12.9, a 200-meter dash at 26.5, and a long jump of 16 foot, 1 and 3 quarter inches. Alia Wright had a 400-meter dash of 105.1. Hayden Bizon took the shot put at 28 foot, 4 and a half inches, and Laura Kanaya had the high jump at 5 foot 1. Byron Bergen winners included Stephanie Onderdonk at 3,000-meter run of 1221.5. She was also on the 4x800 relay and the 4x400 relay. Victoria Rogowski had a triple jump of 31 foot 8 inches, and Haley Gartz took the pole vault at 8 foot 6. On the boys' side of the competition, Attica was 91 over Pembroke's 49. The Attica winners included Jonah Clark in a 110-meter hurdle of 15.4, 400-meter hurdle at 59.3, 4x400 relay and 4x800 relay. Jordan Anderson had an 800-meter run of 209.2. He was also on the 4x100 and 4x400 relays and the 4x800 relay. Simon Laparelli had a 100-meter dash at 11.3, 200-meter dash at 21.5, and was also on the 4x100 relay. Jeffrey Eisensmith had the 400-meter dash at 54.2. He was also on the 4x400 and 4x800 relay teams. Colin Bannister took the pole vault at 12'6" was a contributing member on the 4x100 and 4x400 relay. Jack Janes had the high jump of 5'7 and the triple jump at 35'5. Pembroke winners were Nate Duttweiler with a shot put of 44 foot and a discus of 126 foot 7 inches. Byron Burgeon took out Alexander at 116 to 24. Byron Burgeon winners were Lincoln McGrath at the 1600 meter run of 458.3, 3200 meter run at 1135.3, and was a contributing member on the 4x800 relay team. Colin Rhea had the 110-meter hurdles at 17.6, the 400-meter hurdles at 109.2, and a long jump of 18 foot. Hayden Perez was on a 200-meter dash at 25.4. He contributed on the 4x100 and 4x400 relays. Malachi Smith had the 100-meter dash at 11 foot 9. Sage Johnson had the 400-meter dash at 58.4. Roman Smith took the 800-meter run at 217.4, and Solomon Smith had a triple jump of 33 foot 2 inches. Candon Dressler had a high jump of 5'3". Alexander Winters, Jaden Snyder with a shot put of 37'6", and a discus of 106'2". Kingston Woods took the pole vault at 10'8". Moving on to Saturday's news. The feature picture is unfortunately a pickup truck that flipped over and looks demolished. Errant's truck hits a house. Speed appeared to be a factor in the crash. Town of Murray. A man escaped serious injuries after he lost control of his pickup truck, went airborne, and slammed into the side of a house at Ridge and Fancher Roads just before 1 p.m. on Friday. The man was sitting on the front porch at 15908 Ridge Road when emergency personnel arrived. His face and head were bloodied, and he looked shaken as crews began to treat his injuries. Behind the house was the mangled remains of his pickup truck which was overturned. Pieces of the truck and house were scattered across the yard. The man was driving west when he crossed the center line and drove across the intersection and went airborne. The truck slammed into the ground, causing a crater, and part of it hit the corner of the house. It didn't appear to have, much, to have caused much damage to the house. State police were investigating while the man lost, why the man lost control of the truck, but it appeared that speed was a likely factor. The man was taken by ambulance to a hospital for treatment. He was the lone occupant of the car, Trooper said. No one in the house was injured. The truck came to arrest feet in front of a car parked in the driveway at the rear of the house. And if you saw this picture that I'm seeing, 
you'd wonder how he walked away with relatively little damage by the sounds of it. I don't usually read criminal activity, but this one I found rather amusing. Dumpster diving leads to charges. Arcade. Two people are found in a dumpster. Police are called. One had been driving high on crystal meth and is arrested. He calls a friend to remove his car for him after he is arrested. The friend arrives, and he too is determined to be high on drugs. All this at 9 o'clock on Monday morning. Wyoming County Sheriff's deputies sorted out the case on April 24th when an employee at Family Dollar on Route 39 called to report finding two people inside a dumpster at the store. Police arrived, and by the time the two had crawled out of the dumpster and were in an, and were in an adjacent parking lot in a car. The driver, John B. Wilson, 35, of Machias, was found to have 20 active suspensions on his license and a warrant from the Franklinville Police Department. Wilson also appeared impaired and was given a field sobriety test, which he failed. He also was found with crystal meth and white powder and was charged with driving while impaired by drugs. Wilson, while at the scene, called a friend to come get his car. The man, Melvin C. Franklin, age 55, of Delavan, arrived, and he too showed signs of impairment. Deputies gave him a sobriety test, which he failed. Both Wilson and Franklin were taken to the sheriff's office, where drug recognition expert determined both were impaired by a combination of drugs. Wilson was charged with driving while ability impaired by drugs, driving while ability impaired by the combination of drugs, aggravated unlicensed operation in the first degree, aggravated unlicensed operation in the second degree, and aggravated unlicensed operation in the third degree, and criminal possession of a controlled substance in the seventh degree. Franklin was charged with driving while ability impaired by drugs, driving while ability impaired by the combination of drugs, and uninspected motor vehicle. The other person in the dumpster, Mana L. Moore, age 38 of Machias, was found to have an active warrant for her arrest in Depew. Sounds like a really bad Monday morning for all three of them, and the cops as well. BOCES Nursing Lab is keeping it real. The program aims for realism in training students. The sharper the training, the better the real-life outcome. Since Genesee Valley BOCES began using a new nursing lab, students in its licensed practical nursing program are experiencing realistic medical scenarios, and it's being driven by simulators, lifelike mannequins mimicking real-life issues the prospective nurses will encounter on the job with patients. You're doing trachea care, setting up an IV, said student Douglas Johns of Java. You can do so many things with a mannequin. If you're starting to learn about internal feedings and gastrointestinal tubes and things like that, then you're more focused on that aspect of the mannequin. The lab is providing students with a safe and realistic environment to learn and practice their nursing skills to help prepare them for future employment in the medical field. With the help of cutting-edge equipment and experienced instructors, students are gaining hands-on experience that will prepare them for the challenges of working as an LPM. The skills they focus on in the lab change every time, said student Peyton Sargent of Holly. Each section we're in, we do something different. The LPN program is a 1,200 clock hour program certified by this education department. Graduates receive a certificate of completion of licensed practical nursing. The program has a 90% passing rate for the NCLEX exam, which tests students' competency to provide care. The lab has various types of high, mid, and low-level simulation mannequins. 
Each simulator has different features and functions that can be controlled by an iPad. The high-fidelity mannequins can blink, breathe, have bowel sounds, and produce various heart sounds, providing students with a realistic experience of caring for a patient. The lab also features large patient screen monitors that give students a look at their patient's vital statistics, and it sets off an alarm showing abnormal readings, which tells students they need to react. John said being able to work on a skill before working on a live person helps him become more comfortable. You can read a book, watch a video, but if you're not actually doing it, and then you go out to the person, you may be a little shaky, a little nervous, he said. At least if you have a few steps going into it, it's a little more smooth. Student Audra Bates of Virgin said it's a completely different experience to work on a mannequin that is more true to life compared to one that's basically a doll. You get that nervous feel out. You actually get to go step by step. You could practice it numerous times if need be to be able to be ready for the future, she said. In simulations, the students have had to get a crash cart out before, Bates said with a smile. We'd have to do some life-saving measures, she said. The lab also has a special simulator called a mom stimulator, which can stimulate the process of childbirth and postpartum complications such as hemorrhaging. This simulator can be operated manually or through an automated system. In mid-April, the students were starting their maternity unit, which lasted a couple of weeks. They got hands-on experience in the lab. These mannequins can deliver babies, John said. Depending on what we're learning in lecture, it will be relative to what we're doing as skills in the lab. Bates said instructors can set up a simulation of a heart attack. We have to go in and do whatever's happening to that person, she said. They can alter the blood pressure on the person, so we have to react to whatever that blood pressure is instead of just doing it pretend on a plastic mannequin. They can, with a computer, let each one of us do a different simulation so we can learn more effectively. BOCES program's regional medical program director, Heidi Mix, said the students can give the mannequins medication. We've programmed the mannequins to react to that medication, either positively or negatively, she said. Say it, the medication was supposed to lower the heart rate, but not down to 20 beats per minute. You've got a problem. The students have to then decide. They're usually in a group of three. We tell them to go in the room and take care of the patient. This way, the instructors can watch the students as they make critical decisions. When they used the plastic mannequins, everything was on paper. Mick said before the mannequins the program used had no simulation capabilities. The mannequins the lab is using now can talk and blink. In an eight-week maternity rotation at a hospital, the chances of seeing a delivery are slim, Mick said. Maybe the moms aren't giving birth during that time. Even in RN registered nurse school, all of us instructors will tell you probably none of us ever saw a delivery, she said. BOCES instructor and clinical lab specialist Alyssa Coffey said when you're out in the real world treating a patient, you're treating patients because they're getting worse. We want them to learn those experiences here. What are you going to do when you actually see a patient tanking in a hospital? How are you going to fix that? Are you going to ignore the situation or are you going to assess and respond, she said. John said students are given the same guidelines in the lab that they would get at a clinical site. We have X amount of time to do for whatever negative situation is occurring, he said. They're not going to give you 15 minutes. Instructors say after the students have learned the basic skills, every simulation gives them a chance to use their critical thinking skills, their critical judgment, which is where nursing is heading. Mick said a nurse can give a medication that a patient's been taking for a while without having a negative reaction to it. Then, all of a sudden, one day, you give them the same med. 
you don't do your assessment because you've had that patient and you find them in cardiac arrest or having an anaphylactic episode, she said. It happened to me. I'm on a med for 15 years. I took it one day and it closed up my airways. Mick said at BOCES, they show the students a negative reaction in the medication, and if the students don't get back and assess the patient, the patient would die. As with anything else, the technology with these mannequins changes. When we bought these mannequins, I bought a four-year warranty policy plan. As pieces change, we could get the changeable part and keep our mannequins current, Mick said. They also changed medical devices. All of our equipment was updated. For example, she pointed out that the lab had to replace an IV machine at one of the beds. It was broken and it was much bigger than the one there now. I suspect the IV machines will be outdated in three years. They'll have something else. Right now, this is one of the smallest ones because it has a pharmacological library in it, and that's the thing you want to stay current with. We set up a contract and we know what's in here. When a med changes, we ask to see if we can pro reprogram it into here. Mix said this stops the students from making an error. For example, this would keep a student from mistakenly giving a mannequin too much morphine and knocking it out. If a mistake like that happens, the IV machine would emit a warning. There's going to be a need for upkeep, she said of the equipment. What's next for the students when the program ends in July? John said they, want, they went to a 12-employee job fair. I think I may work at Noyes Memorial in Dansville. Their incentives to go back to school are really well, he said. I'll go for the RN again. Sergeant said she has a job as a tech at United Memorial Medical Center and that she will go back for her RN degree. My boss already said that I have a job when I'm done with school, she said. Bates said she currently works with elderly residents as a certified nursing assistant at the New York State Veterans Home. I'm not sure if I'll stay in that avenue or further out look somewhere different, she said. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the Batavia Daily News on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Network. Going for the gold. The athletes and law enforcement representatives went from table to table at Tully's Good Times Restaurant acting as celebrity waiters while raising money for Special Olympics New York. Special Olympian Richard Jonas said at one point Wednesday evening the athletes had raised $185 in donations. I have set a goal today. Our goal is $1,000, he said. Jonas said he was confident the athletes would meet the goal. Interacting with the customers at Tully's is one of the things Jonas likes about Law & Order's night. I like to say, hello, my name is Richard Jonas, and we're here today to help raise money for the Special Olympics athletes, he said. Jonas said they talked to customers about the ways to donate to the Special Olympics and talk about the medals they've won as athletes. About donations, Jonas said he always tells Tully's customers, don't rush, we are in no hurry. When it comes to Special Olympics, Jonas said he swims and plays floor hockey and golf. He earned the medal he wore around his neck for being in the 50 backstroke a couple of weekends ago at Geneseo Central School. Next weekend, we've got super regional competition all the way in Webster, Jonas said. Fellow athlete Justin Newburn said he got the medal he was wearing for freestyle swimming. I have more, he said excitedly. Newburn said he previously took part in a similar fundraiser at an Applebee's in another community. He bussed tables and helped out and handed out programs, he said. This is my first time in here, though, he said, of Wednesday's benefit at the Tully's. I love doing this stuff. Newburn said he swam for Special Olympics in the state games. Aside from the freestyle, he also was in relays and swam the butterfly. State Police Sergeant Matthew Witkowski said there were four Special Olympic athletes helping in Batavia. 
they just try and raise money so they can go and compete in their events. It goes toward whatever funds they need to make sure that happens, Witkowski said. We're trying to get as much as we can. Everyone that we talk to, they've been very generous, and we get a great response from the patrons here, he said. The athletes are the ones that make the difference. Two Hamlin residents continue to recover at Strong Memorial Hospital after a motorcycle accident last weekend in Oakfield. Sean Paul, age 55, who was driving the motorcycle, is in satisfactory condition, and Nicole Paul, age 51, is in guarded condition as of Thursday morning. The investigation continued Wednesday, Trooper said. No tickets had been issued as of Wednesday night. State Police Sergeant Matthew Witkowski said at the scene Saturday that Sean Paul lost control of the motorcycle on Lewiston Road near the intersection with Maltby Road and struck a retaining wall in front of a residence. Sean and Nicole Paul were ejected from the motorcycle. They had been headed northwest on Lewiston Road and traveling in a pack of motorcycles, Witkowski said. There is a rabies clinic planned in Genesee County. A free anti-rabies immunization clinic will be offered Thursday by the Genesee County Health Department. The session will take place at 4 to 6.30 at the Genesee County Fairgrounds on 1556 East Main Street. There is no charge for the vaccine, but voluntary donations are accepted. Rabies continue to be a public health issue in Genesee County, said Public Health Director Paul Pettit of the Genesee and Orleans County Health Department in a news release. We urge pet owners to take this opportunity to ensure their pets are protected against rabies. Animals must be at least three months old. Each animal must be leashed or crated and accompanied by an adult who can control the animal at all times. There is a limit of four pets per vehicle. To save time, check GoHealthyNY.org to fill out a registration form in advance, organizers said in a news release. Those participating are asked to print out two copies of each pet to be vaccinated and bring the copies to the clinic. Other upcoming rabies vaccination clinics will include Genesee County Fairgrounds, 4 to 6.30 on August 10th and 4 to 6 p.m. on October 12th. Orleans County Fairgrounds, 4 to 6.30 on June 6th, 9 to 11.30 August 26th, and 9 to 11.30 October 21st. The Orleans County Fairgrounds are located at 12690 State Route 31 in Albion. For more information on GO Health programs and services, visit gohealthny.org. Those interested may also contact 585-344-2580, extension 5555, or health at co.genesee.ny.us in Genesee County, and 585-589-3278, or ocpublichealth at orleanscountyny.gov. LandPro had their big opening of their new building. LandPro introduces new building. The new LandPro Equipment LLC store of about 53,000 square feet is ready, and the company got together with local groups for a celebration. A two-day event began Friday at the company's site, 4540 West Sally Drive. The grand opening continues today from 8 to 1. That was yesterday, sorry. LandPro President and CEO Tom Sutter said the company is excited to see everything come together in the new building. It takes a lot of people to put something like this project together, he said, thanking the GCEDC, Genesee County Chamber, and the Town of Batavia. When you're trying to put something like this together, working with this group was phenomenal. We've done projects like this before, and it was not as easy as when we're working with this group of individuals, he said. I can't thank you all enough for your flexibility and your ability to work with us and get this accomplished. Sutter thanked the project contractors, designers, and architects, etc. 
Look at this beautiful building behind us, he said, motioning behind him. They put it in from the ground up. I think it was about 20 months ago when we were standing here with cat tails up to our eyes, trying to figure out where this thing's going to go. And here we are. With all the delays from COVID and things like that suffered through, we tried to work through the shop when the front end of the building wasn't quite ready yet. They did a phenomenal job. This morning and early afternoon, Land Pro customers will be able to see and experience the latest equipment and technology and enjoy locally sourced refreshments. There will be activities for kids and a chance to enter to win a John Deere S100 series lawnmower. The 53,000 square foot facility is located on 14 acres and serves as a central hub for training and operations in the Western New York region. Land Pro Equipment's Batavia location is the result of the merger of its two former Genesee County stores, which were located in Alexander and Oakfield. Mitchell Brister, Vice President of Argonne Capital Group, said Argonne has invested in Land Pro Equipment since 2017. Land Pro is the result of a merger among Argonne and Lakeland Equipment and ZNM Ag and Turf. We've had kind of a joint goal to invest in infrastructure. We recognize that it's a competitive market, Brister said. Our customers deserve to shop in an environment they enjoy. Our employees, they deserve to sell in a building that they're proud of. Brister looked at the building behind him and said it should be an example of Argonne's commitment to invest in LandPro. Glenn Gibson, John Deere Division Business Manager for the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast, represented the John Deere field team at Friday's grand opening. We try very hard every single day to support LandPro to be a highly successful and sustainable business, Gibson said. John Deere has had a location here since the 1950s. Genesee County is very, very important to Deere and very broadly the whole western New York region. We really appreciate the investment that Argonne and LandPro are making to build on that legacy here in the region. Looks like a pretty impressive building. Obituaries in Saturday's paper. Carl J. Stevens, 86 of Stafford, and Richard Krieger, Jr. And it does not say his age or where he's from, so can't help you on that one, unfortunately. Moving on to sports in Saturday's paper. Lexworth hosts a strikeout cancer game. Thursday's Livingston Conference matchup between Letchworth and Perry was about much more than softball. With the Indians hosting its strikeout cancer game, emotions were running high well before the two teams crossed the white lines to begin play. Letchworth won the game 11-0, but prior to first pitch, a ceremony was held to honor four special guests, all of whom are currently battling or have battled the dreaded disease. The sidelines were packed with spectators showing their support, said Fletchworth head coach Chad Durack, who delivered a program speech, a pregame speech, to all those in attendance. We want you to know that your fight is our fight, and when it comes to striking out cancer, we are all on the same team, said Durack. Alexis Mitchell picked up the win in the circle for the Indians, hurling five strong innings, allowing three hits and a walk, while striking out five. Abby Durack pitched the first two innings, allowing just one hit, a walk, and striking out one. Perry's Kiara Weber battled her way through six innings, allowing 11 runs on nine hits and four walks, while striking out 15 Letchworth batters. Abby Durack finished the day two for four with a double and three RBIs, while Kaylee Emmons went one for three with a double and two RBI for the Indians, which are now nine and four on the season. 
Perry was paced by Peyton Lighton, who finished two for two. The Yellow Jackets are now 7-6 on the season. Avon edges Leroy for the second time. It was a battle of two Livingston Conference teams that had been playing solid softball of late when Avon and Leroy met up for the second time this season on Thursday afternoon. And for the second time in less than a month, the Braves got the better of the Owatkin Knights. Avon got another impressive start from Jesse Cry, and the Braves held off a late rally to top Leroy 3-2 on a beautiful afternoon at Leroy High School. As she has been all season, Cry was outstanding as she went the distance and allowed the two runs on six hits, while she struck out 13 and walked just two. Cry also finished with a hit and two runs scored from her leadoff position. However, despite her dominance, the Owatkin Knights weren't going to go away quietly. Down 3-0, heading to the bottom of the seventh, Leroy would put the pressure on the Braves. Jen Pulleyblank and McKenna Conover led off the frame with singles and would move up to second and third with no one out on a wild pitch. Cry, though, looked as though she would escape unscathed. The Avon ninth grader would get Ashlyn Saunders to ground into a fielder's choice, with Pulleyblank being cut down at home before she struck out Elena Blake for the second out. Leadoff hitter Sierra Burke, though, would come through with a booming two-run double to the wall in center to close the, gap, close the gap to 3-2. On the next pitch, however, Cry got Dana Reschke to ground out to second to end the game. Reschke got the start and was solid for Leroy as she went the first four innings and allowed a run on three hits while she didn't walk a batter and struck out four. Reschke was perfect through the first three innings before the Braves got to her in the fourth. Cry led off with a single, and Kaylee DeRider followed with a perfect sacrifice bunt before Olivia Pozlowski was hit by a pitch. Abby Schutz followed with a bunt single, and Lily Reuter then came through with a big RBI single to put the Braves up 1-0. Reschke would get out of it without further damage as she got hit Sarah Diogardi to line out to right and Kayla Ballou to ground out to second. In the fifth, Avon would get a pair of big insurance runs thanks to two big Leroy miscues. With one out, Carolyn Hayes bunted right back to reliever Lily Uberti, who threw wildly to first, allowing Hayes to reach. On the next play, Cry grounded to third, but Reschke's throw to second wasn't handled. Uberti, though, got DeRider to ground to short, and Hayes was cut down at home for the second out. But Puzlowski then delivered a big two-run double to open up the game 3-0. That was all Uberti would surrender as she went the final three and allowed just two hits while she struck out a pair. Before the seventh, Leroy also threatened in both the fifth and sixth, putting runners into scoring position, but it couldn't get the big hit. With the win, Avon moved to 9-6 on the season, while Leroy fell to 9-7. In tennis, Oakville, Alabama remains perfect. Defending sectional champion Oakville, Alabama remained unbeaten, with another clean sheet against Alexander, winning 5-0 to improve its record to 12-0. Preston Tobolsky earned a win over Owen Dunbar, 6-2, 6-3 at first singles, while Mason Cadeau added a victory at second singles, 6-1, 6-0, over Kristen Thompson. At third singles, Randy McIntyre downed Ella Bodnarski, 6-0, 6-0, while Carson Warner and Trevor Eries won 6-0, 6-1 over Aubrey Hamm and Emma Ferraro at first doubles. At second doubles, Mark Jacket and Gavin Armbruster defeated Catherine McClellan and Carly Cook, 6-0, 6-3. Hilton beat Batavia, 4-2 in tennis. 
Helton's Damian Mesh went 6-0-6-0 over Orion Lama for singles. Remy McNamara was 6-1-6-0 over Jack Pickard in second singles. Ryan Cox, 6-4-6-0 over Logan Cook, third singles. Wesley Nelson and Jake Merrill, 0-6-6-2-6-3 over Cooper Fix and Michael Marchese, second doubles. For Batavia, Finn Halpin was 7-5-6-1 over Ryan Fish in four singles. Talon Kennedy and Luke Babcock, 6-3-6-0 over Max Brock and Tyson Morante in third doubles. In golf, Attica defeats Holly as Pachowick shoots a 39. Attica defeated Holly in Genesee Region golf action on Thursday with the Blue Devils besting the Hawks 188-246. Evan Pachowick earned medalist honors with a solid round of 39, while Owen Strzelak shot at 44 at the par 35 course. No scores were reported for Holly. Latchworth outdid Tashiko 189-221 on the links. Letchworth did not give a report. Keshequa's Logan Deaton had a 46. Perry was 215 to Pavilion's 243. For Perry, Carson Petrie shot a 43 while Brad Kelly had a 51. Pavilion's Aiden Taylor shot a 60 and Keenan Cummins also shot a 60. Cal Mum was 175 over Bath Haverling's 193. Cal Mum's Tyler Cook shot a 39. Noah McCready a 43 and Liam McArdle a 48. For Bath Haverling, Gavin Rapons had a 44. Moving back to baseball, Oakfield, Alabama defeats Attica. Both having fallen in the first round of this past weekend's Batavia Rotary Club tournament, Oakfield, Alabama, and Attica rebounded with victories early in the week and were hoping to make it two in a row as they faced one another on Wednesday night. Despite an early push from the Blue Devils, the Hornets outlasted their Genesee Region League rival, earning a 7-4 win behind a well-pitched game from Bodie Hyde. Any game in the GR is a big game, but this was a really big game for both teams tonight, said Oakfield, Alabama head coach Mike Anderson. League titles are always up for grabs, not to mention big sectional points. This game went back and forth all night. Hyde hurled five innings, allowed three runs, one of which was earned, on three hits and three walks while striking out eight Attica batters. Hyde exited the game after five with the game tied at four, giving way to Colton Yassis, who came out to pick up the win, completing the final two frames without allowing a, a hit, walking one and striking out three. Hyde also recorded a fine day at the plate, finishing three for four with a double, an RBI, two runs scored, and a stolen base. Braden Smith helped power the OA offense, recording a two-for-three evening with two doubles, two RBIs, two runs scored, and a stolen base. Attica capitalized on some shoddy OA defense to push four runs across, with Riot Berman delivering the big blow, an RBI triple, while he also scored a run and walked twice. Ethan Meyer scored twice after twice reaching on an error, then stealing a couple of bases. Berman pitched well, going the first six innings, allowing four runs on five hits and three walks while striking out seven. Dan Bielek came in on, on relief, allowing three runs in the seventh, two of which were earned, on three hits and a walk in his one inning of work. I'm extremely proud of the guys for how they battled, added Anderson. Going into the seventh tied at four, despite not playing our cleanest game, we were able to put the previous six innings behind us and scrape across three runs to come out with a win. This shows the grit and determination of this group. No matter what happens, they can never be counted out, and they use all 27 outs that they get each game. Oakville, Alabama improved to 11-2. Attica is now 7-6.
In other baseball action on Wednesday, Alexander ousted Holly 13-8. For Alexander, it was Trent Woods that went 3-for-6 with two base with a double and two runs. Mason Bump, 2-for-3 with a double and an RBI. Gage Wagner was 2-for-3. Holly is 110 on the season, with Eli Lang being 3-for-5 and Seth Janis getting a double. Kendall beat out Byron Burgeon 8-4. Kendall is now 10-2 on the season, and Martin McConnell got a 2-RBI single. Byron Burgeon is 6-4 on the season with no report submitted. Whalen Cohankton trounced on Letchworth 7-1. Whalen Cohankton is 11-2 on the season with Tony Schrimmer having 6-inning pitch for the win, and he had 3 hits. Michael Gamble was 2-for-3 with 2 runs, an RBI, and 3 singles. Matt Clark had a two-run home run. Latchworth is 6-6 on the season with Chris Shearing being 2-for-3 with two doubles. Notre Dame, 14. Lindenville, 0. Notre Dame is now 15-0 on the season. Jay Antnor had five innings pitched for the win. He had a no-hitter and nine strikeouts. Bryston Berry had three hits, two RBIs, and three singles. Jordan Welker had two hits and two RBIs. Chase Antnor had two hits, three RBIs, and a home run. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a hit and an RBI. Hayden Groff had a hit and an RBI. Chase Cummings had a hit and two RBIs. And Jimmy Fanara had a hit and an RBI. Lindenville, which is now 212 on the season, did not submit a report. The coaches quote The great run of pitching continues on, on this time. It was Jay Antnor, said Notre Dame head coach Rick Rapone. This is Jay's second shutout of the season. Stylistically, he is way different than our other three starters. He has a good fastball, but an excellent curveball and knuckleball, which keeps all the hitters off balance. Pittsford ousted Batavia 3-2. Pittsford is now 6-10 on the season with no reports submitted. Batavia is now 9-7 for the season. Sean Kimball completed the game for the loss. He had three runs, four hits, two base hits. Jamison Matoika. Was two for two with two RBIs, and Maggio Bookholtz had an RBI single. Alexander wins a tri match, and Cal Mum edges Leroy in golf. In a tri match at Hickory Ridge Golf Club, Alexander posted victories over host Holly and Wheatland Chile on Wednesday afternoon. Alexander finished with a team score of 220, Wheatland Chile finished with a total of 247, and Holly was right behind with a score of 257. Alexander's Brandon Beal earned medalist honors recording a round of 48. It was not reported whether the teams played the front or back nine at Hickory Ridge. Kale Mum finished 174, while Leroy finished 183, not reported which side of the course was played. Kale Mum's Tyler Cook was hit 40 and was the medalist. Noah McCready had 43, Liam McArdle had 45, and Aiden McKay had 46. Leroy's Jack Tonsi finished at 42, Merritt Holly 47, Grady Gilligan 47, DJ Ogina, 47. Keshequa was 206 to Pavilion's 237. The course was not reported. For Keshequa, Logan Deaton had 50 and was the co-medalist with Nate Thayer. Pavilion, no score submitted. Attica was 182, but Oakfield, Alabama was 204 at Attica Golf Club, which is a par 35 course. Evan Pachowick was the medalist at 42, and Oakfield, Alabama did not report scores. 
In tennis, Alexander rolls past Pembroke. Alexander rolled past host Pembroke on Wednesday 4-1 in Genesee Region League tennis action. The Trojan dominated the singles matches with Owen Dunbar moving past Paul Tabor 6-1-6-0 at first singles and Paul Smith defeating Lily Martin 6-1-6-1 at second. Kristen Thompson earning a 6-3-7-5 win over Danielle Mast at the third singles. Pembroke's victory came at first doubles with Aiden Summer and Riley Rosenberg taking care of Emma Ferraro and Aubrey Hamm 6-2-4-6-7-5 in the thriller while Carly Cook and Catherine McClellan locked up on a pair at second doubles over Angel Newtrider and Evie Crittenden, 7-5-6-3. Perry beat it out Whale and Cohocton 4-1. Perry's Devin Wolcott won 6-3-6-0 first singles, and Garrison Butler won 7-6-11-9, 6-2 second singles. Adrian Yang, 6-3-6-1 third singles. Brooke Kewensin, and Eddie Wolcott finished 6-1-6-4 for first doubles. Well, in Cohockton's Cole Snyder and Owen Roberts defeated Natalie Jakes and Lily Henschen 7-6-7-2-1-6, finishing 11-9 with second doubles. Oakville, Alabama ousted Holly 5-0. Oakville, Alabama's Preston Tobolsky went 6-0-6-1 over Kevin Benage for singles. Randy McIntyre 6-3-6-3 over Jalen Tate and second singles, and Carson Warner, 6-0-6-0 over Kai Kennedy, third singles. Trevor Enns and Tyler Jarovic, 6-0-6-0 opponents, were not provided for the first doubles tournament, and Emily Wilkouts and Michael Woodward were 6-3-6-0 over Brooke Waldron and Carissa Klasner in second doubles. Holly had no winners. You have been listening to a reading of articles and features from the Batavia Daily News, issues of Friday, May 12th, and Saturday, May 13th. Your reader has been Andrea Walton. Thank you for listening.